Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into the show today. Before we get started, I am asking for donations to keep my show free of ads and interruptions and provide the best quality information out there. There is a link in the description below. And again, thank you so much for supporting my podcast and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Metaphysical Mentor Podcast with Michael Philpott, providing you inspiration, information, knowledge, and motivation to help you on your soul's path. Covering topics related to health and happiness from the mystical to the metaphysical and everything in between. Making the unknown known. Now let's join the podcast to discover today's topic. Uh, And we are recording. Hey, Adam, how are you, sir? Good, Michael. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, brother. And um, I really appreciate you taking the time on a Sunday because we're recording this on a Sunday to uh, be on the show today. And uh, this is going to be a fun show. We're going to talk about paranormal investigation. We may talk about a few other things, but uh, I want to focus on the paranormal because I find it so fascinating. But I have to ask you a question. How did you come up with the name Black Swamp Medium? It sounds like a rock band. I gotcha. Um, and, 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 but also, Michael, thank you so much for having me on today. I really appreciate it. And I am excited to be here and uh, have a chat with you. Um, yeah, the Black Swamp Medium. So what happens is uh, my name, my, my, my real last name is, is difficult. When you look at it, it doesn't look complicated. But when you try to say it, it messes everybody up. And so the idea behind Black Swamp was to come up with something that was a little bit more of a catch name. So people would be like, oh, I can remember how to say that instead of trying to spell my name out. Because um, if I was to do a, 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 a spelling or you know a website that has my last name involved in it, people would be screwing it up and never get to it. And then they're not going to be mad at me. So um, because my, my last name's is and uh, but people don't know that the C is silent. So you don't say it. So it's W-C-I-S-L-E-K. And it's a, a Polish uh, last name, uh, but it's, it just screws people up bad. So, <laughs> But the concept was um, I live uh, in Northwest Ohio and uh, way back there used to be a great swamp and they called it the Black Swamp. And it went from all the way from about Cleveland all the way west just into Indiana. So it's about like 200, 220 some miles of uh, Black Swamp. I mean, it was just everything um, because uh, all the stuff around here now that they dried it out, which were the farmers did uh, back in the 1800s, uh, you know, got all that we have all this clay. So it's really kind of a, a pain. It's great for growing things, but, you know, trying to do any other yard work is ridiculous. But I wanted to pay homage to where I live because, um, you know, some people do, some people don't. But, you know, I appreciate where I've, I've grown up my whole life and still live here. And uh, yeah, I thought it was kind of fun to kind of throw that name in there. So yeah, Adam the Black Swamp Medium. <laughs> I, I like that. Yeah, I was, when I was when I first heard, it, I was like, okay, is that part of a rock band, or is he from? Because when you th- when I think of Black Swamp, I'm thinking more like Louisiana, I'm sure, like you know Creole or stuff like that, or yep. even maybe in in like Florida. Yeah, and I was like, okay, this is kind of. But then I found oh, he's from Ohio. Yep. I don't, I don't know. Is there swamps in Ohio? And it's like. I don't remember that much being in Ohio, right? But but that's uh, that's really really cool. So yeah. how did you get into paranormal investigation? Were you a psychic medium first, then got into uh, paranormal investigation, or you were kind of like, this is stuff's really cool. Let me kind of look at this. Yeah. Um. Well, you know, I mean, I was I, I was born in the mid '70s, and so uh, during uh, the '80s, you know, they 
some of the earliest documentaries of paranormal, you know, started to, to pop up. And, you know, all of us that, you know, have, have, are up there in age kind of remember some of those and, and certain <laughs> certain uh, uh, shows like Unsolved Mysteries was a big one. And when they would throw paranormal you know, episodes in there or some once in a blue moon, you'd see some actual like investigators getting together. And uh, it was just always fascinating. And, you know, growing up, I never had anything paranormal, not a single thing. Uh, the one thing that did started to happen was uh, some psychic abilities. But, you know, growing up, you know, I grew up in a religious family and things. And so you you just don't say that are strange, taboo kind of subjects. And so uh, you never brought it up. And so I kept it to myself. But the um, the fascination of paranormal was there because I was like, that'd be kind of cool. I'd, I'd love to be able to interact with something or, you know, you know, the classic. I want to get touched by a ghost or something. You know? <laughs> and I just was so t- fascinated. So, you know, grew up, you know, went through high school, you know, graduated, went to college, graduated. And then, um, you know, it was pretty much actually what my uh, one of my the, the year I was at college, the I had my first experience and it was one of those that you know, I've looked back on it and it was either true paranormal or it was a spirit guide coming through. And I still kind of weigh between the two, but it was the first time of ever truly feeling or seeing something. Cause I was in my, we didn't have dorms. We actually have to have apartments. So I was sitting in my apartment in my bedroom and I had a roommate and they, they were, we were across the halls from each other's and, you know, apartment, um, my door to the, to go out into the living room, kitchen area and stuff like that. Well, I saw something hanging out in the wall and I kind of caught it out of the you know, corner of my eye. So I'm looking and I kind of glance over and all I see is this shadow person up on the wall and it does this wave at me. And I went, you know, I kind of like stood back a second and going, what? And so then, you know, I jump out of the chair. I go into the room thinking it's my roommate just playing like a shadow work thing or something, you know, because all the light was coming from the kitchen, which was just like a, a oven light you know, or a, a stove light. Oh, Oh, sorry. <laughs> Something weird happened. Um, but yeah, so maybe it was spirit already bugging us. Yeah, maybe they heard me, but uh, <laughs> but it was so fascinating to, to see that. And I looked around my and I realized my roommate was, you know, in the room and quiet. And I'm like, OK, so I just kind of left it alone. Like I, I and I didn't experience anything further. Then fast forward, you know, get out of college, get married, um, settling down. This is starting to get into the, you know, the early 2000s. Well, during that point is when the very first reality shows came out. And we all know the, the big one was Ghost Hunters. And so was glued to it. You know, I was just like, so cool. I remember, you know, these things growing up, you know, the, the documentaries. And I thought, man, you know, this is kind of neat. They're really like, you know, people are really doing this, you know, because you just don't see a lot. And, you know, social media was still, you know, exploding and, and moving forward. So uh, the more I saw these shows, the more I wanted to get into it. And then uh, and then eventually it did, you know, and then that was another fascinating story of how that unfolded. So but yeah, you know, like I said, it was just a, kind of a cool progression as the uh, the years went on. And then finally, I had opportunities to do it. And so I was and, and to answer your original question is, you know, yeah, it was mostly uh, looking to be an investigator, you know, really get in there, hold the equipment, run around, you know, feel this and check this meter and record that bit, you know, all that stuff that you, you do as an investigator. So, so it was an investigator first before the, uh, um, the mediumship came through. 
Okay. Yeah. Cause it's always interesting. I know a lot of people, usually sometimes their gifts will show up first and this way they can, you know, they can identify what is spirit, what is a ghost, what is it, you know, spirit guide. So you're not so freaked out because you've always seen them. It's like, eh, no big deal. So now, you know, when you go into a, you know, a residential place, you go into a field or something like that, you kind of have already have a, a, a kind of nice understanding of what's happening. So you're not as freaked out when you walk in going, okay, I see somebody looks like uh, somebody's grandfather there. But, you know, it could be your spirit guide. It okay. makes a huge difference because I know myself, I mean, I didn't see any ghosts and I haven't seen any really ghosts. Sure. I mean, I communicate with spirit guides all the time and yeah. angels and just recently angels, which is a new thing for me. Yeah. It kind of, kind of freaked me out at first, to be honest with you. And I've been doing this for a while, but when an angel shows up, it just, okay, what is that? And my, cause you just don't have that recollection. Okay. What is that going on? So your background <laughs> is in uh, an audio right is audio yes. audio engineer yep audio engineer yep exactly so did you find that the equipment now is, is more i one of the things i found with um with people who do investigations through my research is that the the equipment now is so sensitive like the cameras and the audio equipment that they can pick up all these subtle things that the normal ears can't pick up correct oh yeah it, you know i mean there's you know, it's fun to kind of blend a little bit of the old school analog stuff, you know, which we knew growing up, you know, like the, the, the ribbon, uh, you know, I say ribbon just because that's basically what, you know, what it was, but the filament that uh, you record to, and now it's all digital, you know, we're just, you know, going to a hard drive, you know? <laughs> so, um, so there is differences. I mean, they, it's kind of, our team that I, cause I belong to a team and, and it's neat is that uh, the founder of our team still loves to use a cassette recorder. Whereas the rest of us, you know, will have digital recorders. So it's kind of fun that we would then quickly try to play them back to see if one sounds a little bit better than the other. And sometimes you do. Sometimes the old cassette, you know, recordings have a little bit more of a warmer tone to it. And you sometimes feel like you can get a little bit more information or, you know, a little understanding of what the EVP might be coming through. Um, but then there's other times, too, where the digitals seem to kind of grab a little bit more because the, the microphones are more sensitive. So, you know, it's fun when we can kind of do both at the same time, because then we can kind of see if we're getting everything or if we're not getting one, we're getting a little bit more of the other. So it's a cool balance, but it's neat that, you know, we at least are, are open to do that. Cause you know, a lot of teams, it's like, they just want the small little recorders and then that's it. And they run about, they can plug it into USB and then dump their, their, their files out and go on their way. Whereas cassette, it's kind of a tricky habit nowadays where you could listen to it. Great. You know, but then you gotta, you gotta figure out plugs and you gotta get adapters to get that info off to keep it. So, um, so a little bit of work on the back end, but you know, at the same time, it is kind of fun to, to joggle between the two. Yeah. That's probably why they have you on the team, right? It's like, here, <laughs> just give it to Adam, let him deal with the old school stuff there. Let's, right. you know, cause I mean, that stuff is ancient technology, man. It's yeah. crazy. And, and it's funny because I grew up with that same thing. I mean, I grew up with the same progression of, well, you know, you had to basically the vinyl and then you went to eight tracks and then you went to cassettes and yeah, for, and then there was CDs and that was the big thing. Everything was like CDs. And uh, yep. so I gotta, I gotta ask, how does he find his tapes? Like, is there several manufacturers out there that produce tape? There is. So shockingly enough, I mean, now you're only, I think it's, I try to remember the exact name brand, but it's, there's only one to pick. <laughs> So, um, you know, and if people are, you know, Amazon shoppers, uh, you know, they're on there too. But, uh, but if you go to a local store, uh, you're 
and you do get one that's kind of still open to a, a, a wide variety of things, uh, you still will occasionally find, you know, some old school cassettes still sitting in a back corner, dusty as all get out. But <laughs> Oh my God, that's hilarious. <laughs> but the thing is, you got to make sure you have an, a player because you got to make sure you keep one of those old players from the 1980s or something like that to, to make sure he does that. So, And it did. Yeah. And the funny part was uh, this year it died for the very first time since I've been part of the team, which was I started uh, meeting up with them in 2012 and then 2013, I became an official member. And all that time it was the same recorder. And this year it finally died. So I'm like, so some of that old school stuff still hangs in there pretty good. If you think yeah, well, about it. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, they say, you know, you don't build them like they used to, you know, that yeah. old saying, and it's so true. I mean, some of the stuff is so disposable nowadays. It's, it's, it's a crime to, to have some of those things that are manufactured now. It's just, that's bad. Yep. So let's talk about some of the things that you investigated over the last little while. Mm-hmm. So well, let's just start with the most recent one. What was something that you just mostly uh, investigated? Uh, I mean, the, the, the easiest one of all is, is the, the actual location that we host public and private in investigations from. And that's in Dundee, Michigan, um, which is um, if if you're looking at the maps and you, got, you see Ohio and Michigan, it's probably about a good 20. If you're looking right at the border, it's about a good 20, 25 minutes uh, north of uh, the, the Ohio borderline. And um, it's a little bit towards the middle of the state, but uh, Dundee's, um, you know, a, a village, it's actually a village. They don't even call it a city. Um, so it's the village of Dundee, but uh, there's a, a location called the old mill and museum. Um, it's uh, used, it's got a big history to it. I mean, all the way back from the, the early 1800s and it's uh, started off as a grist mill. And uh, well, I should say, I take that back. The, the Potawatomi Indians, native Americans, uh, you know, were on those in, the, in and around that area because there's a river, uh, that uh, flows through. And uh, once the, you know, settlers came in and took over, but the, you know, they were using the, the, the water obviously to power things. And so, uh, like I said, they did grist mill, they, you know, harvesting buckwheat flour, you know, all that, you know, big stuff and had the old stone wheels, which they still have one, you know, encased, uh, you know, out front. And that's still pretty neat to look at once in a while, but um, um, eventually it got to the point where it got abandoned and then it sat for a good number of years. And then uh, a, a famous automaker came through and decided to purchase it, which most people know it is Mr. Henry Ford himself. So he came through and his thing was trying to utilize as much natural resources that he could to do things. So what he had uh, done was he took it over because the village was going to tear it down because it was an eyesore. There was some prohibition stuff going on. So there was all this illegal activity. And uh, but he wanted to use it because it was, again, right along the river. And so he built it up. He even actually uh, blocked off the dam because there's actually part of a dam where he um, blocked it off. He had Irish uh, stonemasons come out and and tore up. And you're going to love this part, tore up all the bedrock. But what's the bedrock? Limestone. Interesting. So Hmm. he took all that limestone and built up a lot of the walls that still are there today. And uh, obviously, we know a lot about limestone. It holds a lot of energy. And so you can imagine uh, uh, if the walls could talk, which they do, (laughs) but uh, he built it up. He actually created a generator. So that's uh, the thing that was powered by the water. So he would let the water come in, you know, and it does that whole thing where it's spinning and and it powering it up. And what they actually where he made, there was welding tips that then would get once they were made, they would get shipped to the factories, you know, to, to do all the welding on the on the cars. Um, so great history there and things. And then eventually, uh, you know, uh, you know, he, he moved on because then, you know, 
processes and everything changed and so forth. But, um, but the main thing was uh, there's, there's not any documented deaths that happened in the old mill. And so we know out there's been drownings and things on the river and stuff like that, but there was nothing that's ever been officially said inside. Doesn't mean it didn't happen. It just never got documented. So that's always been the big mystery is why is then the, the old mill haunted, but you know, we believe, you know, and, and, and others agree with us is, you know, waterway is like our highways, you know, how we travel to get someplace quickly. And we believe that, you know, the, the, the river, you know, is just kind of that highway for spirit activity. And so they come through and somehow find a place to hang out. And we do, we get occasional spirits that'll come in for a couple of weeks and stay and hang out. And then on the way there go. And then we have some that just stick around. So, um, so, that, but to answer your, your question in the long, long story is that, yeah, it's just, it's one of the ones that we go to all the time because we are hosting public and private investigations. And so we're there, you know, quite a bit right now we're, we don't have anything scheduled for June. So we'll be back in July, but uh, um, we've, the pandemic kind of made things a little difficult and stuff, but yeah, we did get some time in and um, but we are there. And so that's one of the coolest things is just being able to go there and investigate whenever we want. Essentially we have the keys to the place. So, <laughs> so it's kind of cool that I have that, you know, we have that as our go-to place uh, whenever we want to go. Now, um, as far as uh, actual paranormal events, what are some of the things that you find actually happen there? You know, is it just basically just things moving, cupboards here, shadows? Like, what are some of the things that you see mm -hmm. throughout the place? I mean, I know it's probably going to be variable depending on what spirit is there, but what are some of the normal things that you see? Well, the we are here. Right, right. Well, you, pretty much a little bit of everything all the way up until you get into like, you know, the bad stuff, you know, the real, you know, it, it, we don't really get the dark evil things. We don't get, there's no demons there, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but you get about everything. I mean, you're definitely going to get, you'll, you'll, obviously everything matters. There's no guarantees for anything, but you definitely can get video of unusual things that you just can't debunk as hard as you try. You can get photos of things. You just have a difficult time explaining you get, you'll see shadows. You'll do definitely see uh, apparitions. You'll hear uh, disembodied voices. You'll hear them knocking. Uh, you'll hear footsteps throughout the place. And, you know, that's again, all this is, you know, we, go extensively trying to make sure that, you know, it's not something we can explain, you know, and, and that's huge. You know, we don't, we're not a team that just sit there and say everything we hear or capture is hundred percent genuine. You know, we know we wouldn't be doing, you know, our jobs, you know, uh, if we weren't trying to rule everything out at first and, you know, people have captured things and we'll look at it and we're like, eh, you know, that's, that's pretty much dust. That's not quite an orb, you know, but they're like, Oh no, it's, uh, you know, <laughs> and you try to explain it and they don't want to listen. It's fine. But you know, uh, but there's a lot of times, and even then I just said orbs, but we've seen orbs with our, our very own eyes, not even through a camera lens oh, really? or anything. You can actually watch like little tiny little white lights just dancing around and you're just like looking over just holy smokes. Are you kidding me right now? Like you seeing dancing little lights. Okay. All right. You know? Um, but yes, pretty much a little of everything goes on there, which I think is great for, you know, beginners and, and people that just, you know, are hoping that they'll get something out of it, you know, cause that's what we, we try, uh, is to hope that our spirits are going to do something. And, um, you know, surprisingly it's been great. It's pretty rare to, to not have something, you know, even if it's just when you, they're listening back to their, or watching back their, their footage or recordings and things that, that they'll get something, you know, at some point in the evening. 
Yeah, that's so. that's that's always oh, so nice because you know it's always nice to have like confirmations. Like anything, you know, as a medium, it's always about confirmation, right? And, and as somebody who's sitting for you, they they love to have that confirmation that spirits with them, that their loved ones are still there. And it's always nice for people who are really not looking specifically for a loved one or having a mediumship reading, but it's just to know that spirit still is here, and you can, yeah. can see the witness what's happening with that too as well. Yep. You know, it, it's, it's so cool. Cause even then like on public and private investigations night, you know, I, I always, you know, I, I first, I used to be pretty cautious about, because when I first got with the team, I was already on my shamanic path, but I wasn't doing mediumship. And then the team's lead medium at the time took me under her wing and just kind of started helping me open that door. And so it, that kind of progressed over several years of going on, on normal private investigations, you know, residential homes and things and working other events. And even at the old mill itself is just practicing in, you know, in some way, because I was truly opening that door and, you know, to be able to, to, to get things. And, and when we are having events, you know, I kind of shut things down. It's one thing that I've done as a medium is that I, I, I envision a switch because, you know, people are paying to investigate, whether it is a public or private, you know, they're there, they're not there to listen to me, I'm going to, you know, explain what's going on. And, and, you know, I do help with the tours, uh, before they go, we've turned them loose. But I always tell them, I'm like, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to just kind of make things up and, and start telling you guys, this is over here. And this is over here, there. And um, so I tell them I shut down. I said, this is your night, not mine. I said, I can come back another time and turn things on and have a conversation with them. And, and there's still some spirits that I like to kind of turn up just, I, you kind of get the dial instead of the switch and just kind of talk for a couple of minutes, just to kind of greet a few of them, because there's some that are pretty, pretty amazing, you know, to, to get to talk to and things like that. But uh, um, overall, I kind of shut down when we're, when it's not really our night. <laughs> Yeah, I was just going to ask you about that because, you know, as a medium, stuff like that, we're, we're always kind of open to spirit, right? And, you know, in some situations, you always make sure that you you got that protection or you shut it down because you don't want to have anything lingering attached to yourself mm -hmm. or transfigure over you and you're trying to get rid of it for the rest of the night uh, and just trying to do a whole bunch of clearing and, you you know, you got stage all over the place and you're just smudging yourself, you know, 24-7. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was always interested how you how you did that because I know in in investigations I've talked to another uh, a rescue medium, and they talk about how there is there is some I wouldn't say like she doesn't really call it evil but just says misguided spirits. Yes, yes. And she says that you really got to really pay attention to that, and mm -hmm. you got to make sure that you know. Do you find because you're I don't know the rest of your group, but are you are the only medium in the group? There is um, so you know there's. We got a, so there's one, so we have few that are, we have a lot of sensitives. So at least they're, they're, they're empathic enough to where they understand the energies that is, you know, going on, they can sense it, but do they know what's exactly happening? So there's some that are developing or some that they're happy at being sensitives. Um, we do have one that, you know, there's a, a, a possibly, well, pretty much going to be a new member that she's re been really gifted and she's been really kind of coming into play and and you know I can kind of follow along like when she's doing something I can kind of like flip on a little bit and just see if she's on the right track and be like okay cool she's she's right where she needs to be she's she's doing it and she's sort of new at it too so um um and even then you know we still you know some of the the mediums that have been with the team in the past you know once in a while show up and so it's good to have them around but uh but not everybody is you know most people are you know the the true investigators they're they're lugging around the equipment and things like that and having fun you know uh you know capturing whatever they can on on all that fun stuff so but mostly sensitives with a couple of us that do 
you know, do the mediumship. Okay. Have you ever lost anybody? I mean, lost in a way where um, you're all together and all of a sudden like spirit envelops them and it's like, okay, now we're in a situation where we got to kind of wrangle the spirit in, you know, because Susie over there, who's a sensitive, just kind of got uh, overwhelmed. Yes. <laughs> As a matter of fact, yes. And I'm one of those that had one of those moments and, and it was a good thing even though it was a horrible, horrible situation, but, um, we, you know, we were investigating and, you know, for me, a lot of the, the, the first signs, you know, be, you know, when you notice that there's, there's something with the energy, you don't know what yet, but you're like, okay, something's going on. We're going to see where this goes. And, um, for me, it's a lot of temple pressure. So if I'm in it where I know there's definitely going to be some spirit activity. So I'll start feeling a little bit of pressure in the temples, kind of like a, like a minor headache in a way, but not nothing painful. And it's like, okay, well, unfortunately this particular night, you know, it was as if, uh, you know, somebody took their thumbs or, you know, and just were pushing so hard into my temples that you know, it almost felt like my head was going to, you know, get crushed. And, that was the first time because it, even up to that point, I've dealt with a lot of dark stuff. I've never, you know, I know I'm not qualified for anything true demonic. If it really is 100% demonic, which I've never had that, you know, pop up, but nice. I've been up to the dark stuff. I've dealt with dark stuff and that does, stuff doesn't bother me. You know, I just kind of keep that attitude about myself where I know I'm better than they are, but not in a way that where the ego's taking over. So it's that persona that, you know, you have to present to them to be like, you're just not going to get to me, no matter what kind of stuff you're going to throw at me, you're going to try to hurt me and stuff. It's not going to work, you know? And so um, I thought I was doing okay. I thought I was tough and it just kept getting worse. And as I'm dealing with this, the other medium, uh, she, um, she started, felt like she was getting hit in the legs because her knee kept buckling. So she kept falling down and her husband was there. So he's like holding her up and they're kind of pulling her back away from our little circle. And I'm like, okay, this is really starting to get bad for me. And finally, I just, I, you know, I'm definitely, you know, changing colors, you know? <laughs> and I finally said, I got to walk out. I, I really got to, I, I know, no, I normally don't have to do it, but I got to. And so I ended up walking out. This was probably about April uh, timeframe several years ago. And I went outside and it was, you know, temperatures were cooler. It wasn't quite warm. And, uh, you know, I was outside, you know, I usually wear short sleeves because I like my arms to be exposed to, you know, spiritual activity because I can feel them if they're going to be holding on or touching and things. And I was outside in this cool, colder weather and I didn't even know it was cold outside. Didn't feel it. And, you know, I was, I think I was out there for a good half an hour, 45 minutes. And when I thought I felt good enough, I came back inside. I still didn't look too good in the face, but uh, um, sat down for probably another good hour and then I finally felt like I got my energy back. I felt that, you know, my color was restored and then, you know, immediately went right back to the, the spot where it happened. And I had a conversation with it, you know, and realized it, he was, it was a powerful spirit and it was no joke, but it was learning curve for me to realize that if I'm in those situations, I know how I got to handle myself different. So as much as I didn't like it at the time, it's definitely been beneficial moving forward. Yeah, I've had so many incidents uh, during readings over the years. And uh, yeah, when I was first doing it, it's like, man, this thing just this sucks. Like, because you just, because <laughs> it's just, you feel all this energy, your body's changing, you just, it's hard to adapt to it. And you're yeah. just kind of losing your mind on it. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is about orbs. Mm -hmm. um, and now a lot of people talk about orbs, and especially now with the digital cameras. 
it's pretty easy and it's, it's most common now, depending on where situations is you pick up orbs through your digital camera. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people say that's spirit in spirit form, because spirit is because of the shape of an orb, it's round. That's the best way for spirit to show up. So is an orb spirit or what, or is it just something, you know, random piece of ectoplasma left over from spirit? Like what, what is an orb? Yeah. I mean, to me, so, um, so I've got, I've, I've changed my stance on orbs for, for several years, especially once I finally got into this. And the more I started investigating with the team and even just going on my own to other locations that had stuff, you know, you, you capture these things and you, I think with the mediumship, it's kind of nice because you can kind of like, again, just even being an empath, you know, the energy. So if you feel that there's an energy here and then you're starting to capture what could have be the spirit in orb form, then you feel like you're kind of starting to, maybe I'm onto something. Maybe there, you know, there is something truly here, even though it could easily, you know, be debunked as dust or moisture and, you know, you know, something that's just not legit or a bug, you know, but you, for me, I, I, I need to try to be there in that, that moment. And, and I don't take away from anybody else's, you know I mean? If they were there, you know, they, they have a better understanding of what's going on. But even then for me, I mentioned it earlier for me, if, if it's a true legit orb and you really want to get to that point of where it's difficult to debunk it, it's gotta be a solid. I don't care about the shape as much, but I don't want to see through it. It just rules out dust, moisture, you know, anything else, but if you can get a solid color, you know, and some have been different shapes, some are still perfectly round, but I don't want to see through it. And to me that just spells a little bit more of a legit, orb to it versus something see-through you know i've seen stuff i've had stuff on me um you know there's an infamous photo of me uh where in our old mill there's an orb that's uh, not only over my arm but again this is where the mediumship came into play uh i had literally had a green green like i'm talking green green orb all over my elbow now the interesting thing was is it was a resident spirit at our old mill that knows me and always grabs onto my left arm. So for it to show up on camera, it was pretty fascinating because it's pretty rare, but it was neat that it was big. It literally covered like my whole elbow area. And it's like, but I, at the same time I was feeling it. And even then people come over, put their hand near me and could feel the, the temperature difference. So, and, and it, you know, it's a little see-through, but the size of it, and just how some of the, the, cause it wasn't a perfect circle. It was, it was cause I think it was still changing as she was, as it's a female spirit, as she was kind of holding onto my arm, moving her bit. So you can definitely see a circular thing, but some of the bands that, you know, were really dark green. So, but when you look at it, you're just like, okay, I, I feel a little bit better about that because I can use other abilities or, you know, if there's other people that are capturing at the same time, then you're like, okay, you were really onto something, but I, I'm just personally into the point where I just don't want to see through them. It just helps rule out things. Doesn't mean it isn't. I just don't want to see through it because it just stands out easier for me to be like, you know what? You, you definitely got something that's interesting. And I can't just automatically say it's dust or moisture, whatever, because that's the debate. And I know there's people have these debates all the time, every day about it. You know, it's like, well, I was, that's fine. You go ahead. I'm just telling you my opinion. You know, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just telling you what, how I feel and what I've done in my research and investigating has proved orbs to me. You know, if I can't see through it and it definitely is unique, 
we're onto something. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what a lot of people think right now too, as well. I mean, I've seen different orbs. Um, I've seen a lot of beautiful photos um, over the years. And I think I read this book. I can't remember the author, if I can get it right. There was called the orb project. It was um, the Michelle uh, Beckwith or Beckwith or something. I think was the name. I, I believe the book is called the orb project. And they had a, I, he was a, it was a minister, I, I think who, who actually, um, wrote the book and wow. he talked a lot about orbs and spirit and stuff like that. And, he, and again, documenting, documenting the, the evolution of an orb and how it changes and evolves and things like that. And I just That's find great. it so fascinating because then once you see somebody's in a picture, like you look at somebody's digital photo and you go, Hey, wait a minute. That's an orb. Hey, that's spirit. And it's like, no, it isn't. That's just a camera. <laughs> you no, know, no, that's spirit. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's so fun how that can be such a heated topic for a lot. And, and I, I've got friends that just like, absolutely don't even want to hear that word. And they'll use a lot of explanatives. You know, when somebody says the word orb, they blink bleep and bleep in orbs. You know, it's, it, I, I die laughing because it's fun when I get to be around those people. Cause it just, I get a kick out of it, but I get it. You know, like I said, it's just, they've really got to be shown something that's without a doubt. You can't, because like I said, if you can say it looks exactly like dust and you can compare it to other dust, but at the same time, you can say, well, but here's a spirit and they both look identical. How can you truly sit there and say it is or isn't because you're sitting there playing that game and it, we're on the notion of if you can say it's either or, then it's better just throw it out. Hold on to it because you never know. Maybe it might come back up again, but hold it. But don't sit there and say, you know, so you're blue in the face that this is legit a spirit and you're just thumping your chest and you're running around just saying, showing everybody in the world that this is it. But it's like, if there's a controversy, you know, where some people don't think it is, but like I said, if you can get it to where it's really unique, then you're going to, you're going to make those people that are skeptical or those in the field that are, you know, harder on evidence, they, they're going to have to like, Oh, well, you, that's interesting. I, I, I don't know. I can't prove it's this or that, but you, you might have caught something there. Yeah. I was going to ask you, have you guys done any investigations around physical mediumship? Have you heard about that? I'm trying to remember. It sounds familiar, but. Um... That's when the, basically the medium basically uh, has spirit, that spirit go over top of them and they actually move objects. So they're basically locked in a chair in a, in a dark room and they move all these different objects and they touch people and stuff like that. Have you guys ever did any Never investigations around that? Never done it. And I, you know, and I'm around a lot of people that, you know, uh, you know, I'm friends with a lot of people that are on the TV, you know, on the shows and stuff like that. And I can't even think of them ever talking about it. You know, um, it, that sounds awesome. I mean, you know, we've, um, we've done things that kind of like get close to something like that, you know, where, uh, you know, some people are doing like the Estes method and stuff like that, where you're blindfolded with headphones on and, you know, the, they're asking questions through, you know, like an SB seven and that person's then throwing, you know, information out there, which, you know, you're hoping that is answering them back, you know, kind of thing. And, um, but, uh, you know, I do a lot of other things that try to, you know, it's a version of it where, you know, I do a lot of remote viewing and that's one thing I, that I do claim is kind of sort of a specialty and it's, interesting is that that's really helped out with the pandemic because I've been able to still work on cases and not leave my home and I've been able to do cases around the world which is awesome so um, just I just I don't mean to interrupt yeah, you but just yeah. can you maybe just explain what a remote viewing is for yeah. people who are not familiar with remote viewing oh absolutely yeah so there's two there's two terms for it there's remote viewing and astral projection if you've really put them up side by side they're pretty close that I I've done, I, I did a, a, a talk on that once and I kind of put them side by side. If you really look at it, they're 
they're pretty much the same. But I was taught remote viewing, so I still like to use the word remote viewing. I do recognize it as astral projection as well. But um, essentially what it is is, um, and I like putting it this way for people because it, you know, people that aren't, I don't like to go into big, big words and, and technical stuff, you know, on it. But I always say, imagine yourself going into spirit form, lifting up out of your body and being able to travel to, let's say, your, your parents' house, your grandparents' house, you know, uh, a friend's house. And but with permission, as I say that, that I, I always get written permission before I do any remote work, unless it's a public place. That's a whole different story. But um, but again, you sort of turn yourself into a ghost. You lift out. You literally can feel yourself pulling out of your body. You can see what's going on. Sometimes it's difficult in the beginning for new people, but you go, you travel to a location and you can do work, you know, whether it's uh, like I do healing. So I could do healing on a client or I could do an investigation and where I it's neat is I kind of use that technique to help our team out. Cause if we know we're going to be on site, I want to know what are we, what are we going to be coming up against? Is it going to be useful? So the, the remote viewing is good in that aspect because of, you know, it, it, it shortens our amount of time at a location because we have done it where when I've done that and we walk into the place, I'm being like, these are the two rooms that we need to focus on because that's where they, they charge up. This is where they relax. And these are where we need to go. And sure enough, team goes in there, goes right to these specific spots in the home. Boom. We get all the information we need. We get physical you know, evidence that we can show the clients proving. And then, you know, we, however they want us to handle it, you know, where it's removing it, cleansing the house, that sort of thing. But, um, but it's another amazing tool that uh, um, we've been able to use. And, and it has, I mean, anybody that's never done investigations, I mean, the amount of time you can spend at a location and a lot of times the homeowners are going to be with you and they're not going to want to be up all night. So it's a great way to cut a corner to shorten uh, our time down, but that's, uh, like I said, it's fun to do it. And, and it's really helped out in a lot of situations and, and helped me do, you know, tons and tons more cases, you know, without the team, because people are just saying, I got this activity. Can you help me out? Okay, sure. Let's plan something out. Yeah. It makes, it must make uh, like just the, the advance notice is like it just going into a place and no understanding what's going on. So a couple of things I want to ask you about that is how do you protect yourself in that form? Because obviously we know how to protect ourselves when we're in this form. Mm-hmm. And we're doing spirit work, but now that you're kind of, you're very similar to what you're being investigated, you're, right. you're kind of in that fourth dimensional energies and you're moving yes. through that. How do you protect yourself for not getting entrapped in that environment? It's well, you know, and like most of us that we, you know, we have a belief system, you know, in whether it's religion or whether it's some type of spiritual uh, backing and uh, you know, I definitely call upon call upon my guides and the creator and uh, any angels that want to sit there and, and, and be on the lookout or help me out. Because when I'm going to do something like that, uh, you know, I'm setting the intention. One, what am I going to be doing? And then two, I have my guides right there with me when this when the intentions are set. So when I am traveling <laughs> and then doing the work they're right there with me just in case I need any help or, you know, or in in any way they want, because if they, you know, something's not right, they're going to poke me and be like, Hey, 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 you know, pay attention or, you know, be, you know, do this. Or, or sometimes, you know, they don't even, I don't even notice they're there because sometimes I'm just so involved with getting, you know, the, the, the job done, you know, in a way. Um, But I know they're there and I just have that, that bond with them that 
I'm good to go. You know, they, they got my back and uh, uh, I feel comfortable enough to where I can go do those things. And especially if it is, you know, cause most cases, you know, they're, they're not bad. They're average as far as, you know, what you're dealing with, you know, spirits are a little, you know, cranky. Cause I think you were talking earlier, the one, you know, I like saying cranky ghost uh, because that's essentially what they are to me. <laughs> it's just want to like, you know, grumble and, and, you know, get out of my house, that sort of thing. But, um, uh, but you know, and even then I still kind of think like I mentioned earlier was, I still kind of have that confidence in me that I'm strong and stronger than they are. And that way it's, I got that first, that's my first line. And then all my, you know, the creator guides, angels all behind me then. So it's kind of like this big <laughs> massive, you know, uh, bubble around me. That's just like, let's just do what we got to do. And, you know, we're, we'll, we got you. If we, if we, you know, if you need help, we're here for you. If not, you got it. No problem. Yeah. You got your entourage and you're ready yeah. to go. Yeah. Now, do you actually send um, white light prior to the event? Do you do that too? Let's say you're going to a house that it has, you know, has a, maybe have some uh, activity. Do you kind of just kind of said, well, we'll throw a little extra light down there just to kind of just shield yourself and protect it. I don't at first. So what I like to do is I try to do the whole, I, I like to then depending on the case and depending on what the clients are looking for. So I'll do the, the, the fly on the wall feature. So I literally, imagine myself as a little teeny tiny bug, you know, in spirit form. <laughs> and I will go to the location, but what's neat is, and it's worked time and time again, is because I'm such a small little thing, the spirit or spirits that are there that are causing all the mischief and everything, they don't even know it. They don't even have a clue. I, I mean, it's, I've even flown by them just to see if I can get a reaction, like they would notice it and they, for whatever reason they don't. Cause I think just like us, you know, you can get tunnel vision on what your role is, what you're trying to do. They're not even paying attention to something that's just flying around. They just don't see it. But what is interesting is then when I'm like, okay, it's time to like confront them and like, what are we going to do? Are you either going to knock this off or whatever? So then I'll snap and I'll kind of go into full form of myself. And it's always the same reaction every time. It is the old saying of a deer in headlights, even in spirit form, they're just like, <gasps> their eyes get real big and they're just flipping out and they're like, holy smoke. So, but then uh, depending on what I'm going to do, because usually I, I kind of give the clients some scenarios of like, well, if I see this, I'm just going to go ahead and, you know, remove it. Or if I think that, you know, I can get them to kind of calm down, I'll then do a cleanse. And that's where then I'll pull in that white light and then use it to just kind of, I kind of go room by room and where I kind of just keep moving around the house, depending on, you know, if it's multiple stories and basement, um, I even go out into the property a little bit around it. So that way nothing's kind of trying to crawl underneath and get back in, find, finding a way, a way in. But, um, but I do that. And I always kind of leave one, la like a front door left. So that if they're going to be, you know, trying to run from me, I'm just going to keep going around until I get them in that final opening. And then they, if they don't go out on their own, I'm going to kind of kick them out, so to speak. But, <laughs> but I'll, uh, if they don't want to go out, you know, I give them every opportunity to go on their own, uh, but if they're really going to be a pain, then, you know, I, I give a little extra, you know, boot, a <laughs> little, so, little extra, a little extra love to help yes. them out. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I'm, I, I do the, the light usually once I determine what's going to go on period, it's going to happen at some point. It's just, you know, am I going to do it first or am I going to do the removal and then cleanse okay. it? So that way it kind of builds up a protection for the uh, owners. Okay. So how do you differentiate between something that like a, a thought form that maybe they've picked up the, the family has picked up and brought home to the house versus, you know, spirit or, you know, anything like that? Because a lot of times, uh, from my understanding now that a lot of the stuff that we feel is paranormal, 
is basically just thought forms that we've been picking up. It's just like extra right. goo that we pick up from other people, your neighbors, your coworkers, yep. on the bus, subway, wherever else you're traveling. Yep. And we kind of bring this stuff home that's not ours. I try, well, and you know, I'm, I'm one of those meetings that love to do things as cold as possible. Try not to get as much information. You know, sometimes the clients are just, just fired out before I could even like say, no, no, don't tell me. I don't want to know yet, you know, but sometimes they do. And I'm okay with then I, I've gotten to the point where I'm okay with them telling me at least what they're experiencing, you know, but I don't. And, and then I will ask the questions as like, you know, uh, you know, you know, are you, are you doing investigating? You know, are you, you know, watching scary movies, you know, just to sort of, are you, you know, is that like horror, you know, genre, is that like a favorite topic of yours, you know, and kind of pick through and word my questions to the clients in a way to where, what, what, it, what would be the root cause for the activity? Because then, you know, if they answer the questions a certain way and I don't feel it was something that they legitimately did and maybe it was just there in the property already and it's just finally popping out or maybe it's the land that they're on. And so it might necess necessarily have been something that died right there on the house, but maybe, you know, outside the house or something. So now it's just entering because maybe they're in a depressive state. You know, maybe they got mental issues because, you know, things have been falling apart for them. And so we know that that then leads to attacks because it's like, oh, this person is vulnerable. I'm going to get inside their head and mess with them, you know? So, so there's like a series of things that I, you know, will hit them up with, but still try not to get a lot of, uh, of details. So that way, when I do jump in, whether it's physical or, you know, remote viewing, um, it helps me out to understand, you know, how much of this is mental versus how much of it is just something that they're, that, I mean, it's mental, I guess, in, in, in a lot of ways, because if obviously they're being attacked and they're in a weakened state, and, and that's the whole point is figuring out how they got into that state. But um, I do the best I can to try to weed out as much as possible to rule it out. So that way it helps me determine what, you know, what kind of things I need to do, because, you know, I'll cleanse the house, I'll get rid of spirits. But then I also, you know, my, the big role is then taking care of the client. You know, do I need to cleanse them? Do they, are they, do they have an attachment from all this? Um, do I got to, you know, cut the cord, so to speak, and then get, you know, shower them with white light. So there's, you know, it's amazing how all this different stuff you have to like think through and, and figure out and get, you know, and adapt over the years because every situation is a little different. There's nothing usually the same. Yeah. You know, that's, that's so important. Now, have you ever been to a place where like any, like a, you know, a typical uh, historical site where it's been a, there's been a war zone or, you know, or some type of fighting, you, you ever do investigations of that, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's been some battlefields. I mean, actually um, the funny part is the old mill um, has signs of a, uh, a big uh, battle that happened. Uh, uh, man, I'm going to blank on the years, but 1800s, but uh, there was big battle and it was like, you know, a lot of people died and uh, it happened. So there's two major roads that go up into to Michigan and we're sort of in this middle one where Dundee is well closer to the other one, which is actually closer to like Detroit and stuff. Um, that's where like the main battle happened. But then a lot of the people were going down the rivers and things like that, that were wounded and dying. And, you know, so all along the river, you got all this kind of energy that's there. So, there's a lot of times you do pick up on battle things, you know, and I've been to um, civil war places before and, uh, you know, I've gotten some, you know, that energy. Um, there's a place in downtown Detroit called uh, Fort Wayne, which you, not the city, but an actual fort. It's a, an old uh, five star civil war fort and never saw action, 
but it uh, was a big training facility. Uh, but there's constant, you know, photos of Civil War, you know, uh, Union, you know, uh, soldiers and things. And so I mean, I picked up on stuff there. And so it's interesting, it, you know, and there, there was accidents, there was a, um, one of the the caissons where the cannons were one of the magazines blew up. I mean, killed some people and stuff. So, I mean, it is, it is fascinating, but uh, there's some other places I'd like to go, you know, prisons. I've been to prisons, you know, and you can imagine the attention and energies with that, oh God, those kind of yeah. locations. I, so. would, I would never <laughs> want to be there. What about museums? I'm always fascinated about museums too, as well, because you were getting like, a, you know, energies or attachments to old stuff that maybe they're still, still part of it. That's one of the things that, you know, people seem to think, too, of our old mill is that is there because what's neat is on the museum side, the, the, the older side of the building, uh, there was there's three floors and uh, the, the main floor. They, there's a the, when you first walk into the place is called the timeline, and it literally shows the whole timeline of when um, before the village of Dundee was settled and then, you know, with the Indians, the Native Americans, and it goes all the way up until current times. And so there's all this, you know, information and, and great details and old photographs. And then you go up to the second and third floors and then you start showing what it was like pre-electricity you know, roped beds, you know, there's all the rope and things and, and the old farming equipment and um, storefronts. And then there's a Native American, uh, excuse me, Native American section where there's a, a replica of a wigwam and, and uh, you know, some of the things that they would make and uh, dugout canoe and stuff. And so a lot of those items, you know, definitely got something going to it because we, you know, pe some people know this person, some people might've forgotten his name, but if you guys know John Zaffis, uh, you know, he did a show called Haunted Collector for a number of years. And that was his sole thing on the show was just they would go to, you know, go to a place. Hey, there's activity. And then they would always find some type of artifact that was triggering a lot of the the activity. And so they would either take it and get it rid of it. And then the activity quiets down or, or they would try to bless it enough to where it wouldn't cause as much activity. Uh, he we have a parafest usually in November. And a couple, the first couple of years we had him there, he just loved being up on the second and third floor because it's just loaded with artifacts. I mean, you know, it, it, oh, yeah. And another one, we have a chair that uh, um, one of the directors, um, I don't know if it was uh, father or grandfather passed away. And so we said we have a chair that's, you know, somebody, somebody passed. And so, you know, so it is. Yeah, there's there's some some legit. It, you know, things that definitely speak, speak out to us uh, here and there. A couple mannequins, which is an, I, that's kind of a, an odd one, but we have mannequins that have some of the clothing that would have been worn and, really? and dress wear and things. And so sometimes the mannequins tend to do things. We even have another mannequin that is hilarious. If you take photos of her and she's sitting in a, in a little a mini church scene, there's a pew and then there's a, a, a church organ right there. And if you take photos of her and you look back at it and I don't care what kind of camera you got, you swear to God, it was somebody truly sitting there because for whatever reason, it does not look fake. It looks like the skin is alive it, it and her eyes seem to follow you. So even if you, you don't have a lot of room to take ah, it, but if you freaky. her eyes will look at you and everybody, it, we've had people come running down like, oh my gosh, look at this. I'm like, yeah, see, it looks real, doesn't it? <laughs> so so it think, can be fun. Some. So you think that's just her spirit just, just playing tricks and she just basically, you know, transfiguring onto, onto it's gotta the, be. the mannequin. Yeah, it's gotta be because, you know, and it's not like, you know, these mannequins, I mean, they're meant to just wear the clothing. So they weren't really set with any now, maybe it's the clothing and that the clothing, you know, maybe the spirit was attached to the clothing and it just kind of absorbed into the mannequin. I'll go with that kind of theory, but you know, 
it's weird as it's not all the time. So even if we're there week every single week, we could be going to the same mannequins and never get anything, you know, nobody will talk to us. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, then it'll finally come to life. And you're like, okay, what's the, what's the deal? Why now? You know, but um, so I think it's just, if, this, if they're going to be with the mannequins, it's just that kind of once in a blue moon uh, activity. But yeah, I, I would go with the clothing effect that it's absorbed that energy from the, you know, the person that used to wear them absorbed into the mannequin, not, that a spirit jumped into the mannequin and took it over, which we know we've seen that in dolls and things like that, you know, and that's the huge history of uh, those things, which we do have dolls and things too, all over the place. And some look creepy as I'll get out. <laughs> yeah. That's that freaks me out. Yeah. That was one of the things I've learned is like, you know, always be, uh, be mindful of secondhand products, you know, it may be a good find, but you don't know what you're bringing home with oh. that. So which could be I've never problem. done that. I that's the one thing. Once I've really got into this field, and especially the mediumship, and you know, being empathic and feeling the energy, I truly have not ever gone to an antique store. As much as I would love it, just because I do love history. I mean, that's the that's a lot of us are. We love history, but to be able to go into an antique store, I don't know what's going to happen to me. <laughs> yes, I don't know. I mean, I have trouble sometimes going to grocery stores and I got to put up walls and walls and walls because I'm shutting down as hard as I can because I do not want to be bothered by stuff, whether it's, you know, somebody standing next to me and it's their loved ones or it's just spirits because the energies are all over the place in those in, in stores and oh. Yeah, that, you know, never ceases to amaze me, like how brutal, you know, I I always say like, if you're not hurting, if you're not healing somebody with your energy, you're hurting somebody. Uh Most people are so unaware of what they bring around on a daily basis. Yeah, Yeah, it's, it's absolutely incredible. Do you guys have a website where, you know, do you have like pictures and post like things that are posted from like all these crazy things that you've, you guys uh, have seen? Yeah. So if you, you can go to the, um, um, what is it? Um, if you, go, if you look up our team name, it's SWPI Spirit World Paranormal Investigations and, uh, uh, you know, Facebook page. You can just look up SWPI. You might have to spell it out. Um, I just blanked. What are we? Michigan Ghost. Is that it? Let me double check it because I, I we haven't been able to say it in so long. I think it's Michigan Ghost. But because um, I know we were like one of the few that could get that name. Let me make sure. Cause I just, I don't want to give out the wrong one. Yeah. We don't want to uh, make sure we don't do any free advertisement right. for that, for those right. guys. But yeah, it's, you know, it's always so fascinating. Um, you know, I, I always enjoyed the, you know, watching those shows too, as well. You know, the, uh, ghost hunters. Um, I mean, even like the X-Files really kind of intrigued you, you know, a lot of people back in the days, the old original X-Files, yep. you know, talked about, you know, spirit and ghost and different paranormal activities and, you know, it'd be really interesting to see, you know, if that whole classification of X-Files from the FBI and what they mm-hmm. had and go down to Area 51 and see all the crazy stuff. And, you know, I was talking, oh, by the way, it is MichiganGhost.com. MichiganGhost.com. And now there's some old photos. You're going to, you know, the people that look me up, you're going to see, you know, if you go to that one, you're going to find super old photos of me. So you're going to see me short hair because Michael gets to see what I look like right now. But you know, um, I had short hair and no facial hair, and now I have long hair and a full beard. So you got <laughs> big super difference beard. when you find you some of those old beard going on. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. And even the, the one uh, team member um, who's been there since roughly the beginning, um, he bought me this shirt and it actually has a, a ruler on it. And it talks about the different lengths. And like, if it gets down to like your belly button area, it's like God. <laughs> 
I love it. I'm I'm almost there. I'm getting close to it. But yeah, it's 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 I can see all along. I said that must job. Yeah. I mean, I mean I can barely grow facial hair. It is. I mean, when it does get to a beard, I it's just so bad. I have to shave it off. I just can't yeah. get to that manageable spot. But uh this yeah, is, I commend you on that beard. That's a that's a good looking beard. This is 2018. January 2018 is when on, I started really? this. That's how long it's it's only been, you know, three years. Jeez, you can three three and a half now, but you could probably donate that hair the way you I, it grows. I've done my my normal uh, head hair. I've done that. I you know cut it off and you do locks of love. I think it is, and yeah. so you know you help out you know with wig making for kids that you know have illnesses and things. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> so if people are looking for you, Adam, and if they want to have you know pick up your services, they either want a reading or they want a house clearing or some investigation. Mm -hmm. Where can they find you, brother? Right now, uh, the best place is Facebook um, because it's free for me right now. <laughs> And um, I, I've been, yeah, I've been trying, uh, it was funny, it was last year when the pandemic started, that was going to be the year of the website, you know, this was where I was going to finally buckle down and get that all set up. And then I'm like, ooh, and then I, I still work a normal day job. And then I was like, and we got shifted to uh, part time. And so then I'm like, well, yeah, I guess I'm not going to be spending any uh, money right now. I've got to really hold on because I'm married with a couple young kids. And so <laughs> I need every penny. But uh, um, but yeah, that's on the menu to eventually get to probably not this year, but because uh, uh, I am working on a logo as well. But uh, Facebook, you know, just look up Adam, the Black Swamp Medium. That's uh, the best place. That's where I do a lot of posting. Um, sometimes depending on the weeks and what I'm doing, you know, you'll, you'll get, you know, maybe a, a photo of something, you know, whether it's like a cool inspirational message. Cause uh, my thing is always trying to, to, to push positivity. And so, uh, you know, I don't try to put a lot of negative stuff in there. You know, I'm always trying to make, uplift people. That's always been my, my thing, you know, we're, we're in enough negative as it is, but um, yeah, so, you know, I'll that. do things in there and, and I'll put posts in there, things that are coming up and, um, you know, I do live, uh, live shows, uh, one on my page and then one with another friend on a different page. So, uh, the, you know, it's pretty cool. Cause the, the, and I'll just share, you know, share it real quick, but I do Saturday mornings at nine 30 AM Eastern. It's called yeah, mid morning. Plug, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mid morning medium chat. And it's essentially, uh, basically sitting around the breakfast table is how I designed it. It was, you know, sometimes I'll have things that are been going on with me. So it's fun to share and how it might relate to the viewers and, and maybe they've dealt with this or maybe it meant prepare them for something. And so the idea is we're just kind of sitting there and we're sharing things. And I have people that, you know, watch and the great questions, because I'll take any question at any single point. So there's never a true topic for the show, but it's just a meant like, maybe you thought this, maybe you dreamt something and let's just talk around the breakfast table and we'll see what we can come up with. So it's kind of a fun morning show. And um, even if you can't make it, you know, you can always watch it back. And I also take the audio version of it and uh, dumping down into a podcast. And so that way if you, you're at work and you just want to at least hear about it. You can pop that on there and not feel like you're watching something. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. So the podcast is on, is it on anchor? Or it, it, yeah, it is on so. anchor. Yep. All right. Yep. Yeah. Gotta love anchor. I do. <laughs> uh, I, I love anchor, but unfortunately being Canadian, I can't monetize. So it sucks. So yeah. if those anchor people are listening, maybe you guys can help me out here. Right. Yeah. yeah. I know it's Canadian, I, you know, please. Right. I, I've done the, the, the problem is, is because I'm just taking that, the straight audio and obviously they, I'm not doing the breaks because they, I've read how like you're supposed to put a break in the middle. And yeah. the problem is if you don't put that break in, I can't get more um, sponsors to jump on. Yeah. So I have the one that's just talking at about a, anchor and I, yeah. You get one person to watch. It's a whopping one penny. <laughs> so I think, I think I'm up to 21 cents since February. Oh, <laughs> I'm geez. breaking it in. <laughs> well, that's 21 more cents than I have, brother. Right, right. 
<laughs> but uh yeah, yeah absolutely yeah so yeah it's, uh, so hopefully things will change we'll see what yeah. happens but yep. i you know brother i uh, really appreciate you taking the time out of your sunday to uh, be here on the show um yeah if you guys are looking for um somebody to do an investigation on the house adam comes highly recommended and uh, yeah we'll get your place all cleaned up and make sure there's no spirits haunting you and freaking you out and uh that being said adam thanks so much for being on the show today michael it has been a pleasure and an honor i've really had a great time uh yeah hey you ever want me back you know we'll, we'll hit some other topics if you ever need in the future well listen brother uh i'm almost done season one so season two for sure absolutely okay <laughs> and uh that being said adam i'm just going to close off the podcast so this has been the metaphysical mentor podcast with michael philpot thank you so much for joining me and goodbye for now <laughs>